and we are live with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson. There has been an NBA champion crowned in this year's NBA season. That is the Denver Nuggets after they outlasted the Miami Heat last night, winning the series in five games, winning their first ever NBA championship. Congrats to Denver on a great season overall. Andrew, I know you were very excited about Denver winning that championship last night for a multitude of reasons, so I'm going to let you take the floor because I know you want to talk a lot about this series and just overall Denver winning the championship. Yeah, you're right. I have a lot to be happy for, and I am happy. Most importantly, I said beginning of the playoffs, I said I want a Knicks-Nuggets finals because even if my Knicks lost, hey, at least a great team in Denver would have been the champions. The icing on the cake on this cake is that Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat got absolutely exposed in this matchup by a guy who doesn't even like basketball. Hey, not wrong. He definitely did. You see his uh, press conference? He was yes, uh, yes. It was uh, fantastic. He found he out he had to go to the parade, and he almost <laughs> had a stroke because he wanted to go back to Serbia and just hang out. Yeah. I don't blame him. I mean, listen, this dude puts in the work every single day. He, he's one of the top talents in this league. You could say whatever you want about his work ethic, but at the end of the day, when he's putting playing at such a high level, he led the playoffs in points, rebounds, and assists the entire way. It's the first time it's ever been done in NBA history. So, no, Jordan never did it. LeBron never did it. Kobe never did it. Kareem never did it. Jokic did it. And that's just an absolutely incredible feat. And from a guy who plays video games at, at uh, in between halves. So... Uh, Jokic, one of my favorite players of his era, and people say he's not marketable. That may be true, but I have a feeling that people are starting to uh, warm up of the idea of a guy who treats the NBA like a nine to five. Yeah, I mean, you you talked about Jokic's numbers in this postseason. You mentioned first in all categories with points, rebounds, and assists. He had six hundred points, two hundred sixty nine rebounds, one hundred and ninety assists. You, you mentioned it first in NBA history to lead the playoffs in all three of those categories. A simply unbelievable season that he had going from the regular season into this postseason. Denver was the best team in the West. They went 16-4 and in this playoff run. A truly dominating fashion win for the Denver Nuggets overall in the series. But you heard Michael Malone last night. They're not done, Andrew. They want to go for multiple championships. And if they can keep this team somewhat constructed as they currently are, they've got a really good chance of doing it. You know, I'm glad you spoke about Micah Malone, too, because that's the next point I want to get to. Micah Malone got a raw deal in Sacramento where he was there, the coach there for barely a year. I would say probably a year and 20 games. And, hey, it looked like the Kings, they were battling injuries because if you remember that Kings season when he got fired, they were off to a hot start. And then they had the injury bug. DeMarcus Cousins got injured. Yep. And then he got fired. And they were 500 at the time or close to it battling through detrimental injuries to the roster, and it was a real head-scratcher, and I'm so glad that Denver not only gave him a second chance, but the owner and the management, was they were mature enough to realize that this guy can do something special, give him time to build the roster, put a system in place, and let his players buy in, and they're rewarded with a championship eight years later. Yeah, and you know he mentioned about how Pat Riley was one of the guys he looked up to and stuff like that. He becomes the second most longest tenured coach for one team to win a championship behind Pat Riley. It took Pat Riley nine years in Miami 
to get that illustrious first ring with the Heat. It took Michael Malone eight years with Denver to get that championship. And he mentioned how after year three, he thought that was going to be it for him. Denver missed the playoffs after losing the final game of the season to the Timberwolves. He thought that was it. He thought he was going to be fired. But you got to give the Nuggets ownership credit. They kept them. Took a while. A lot of, you know, pain. A lot of heartbreak. Yeah, a lot of setbacks along the way. You know, the obvious injuries to Jamal Murray, injuries to Michael Porter Jr. And everything just went perfectly right for them this season. They were able to get all these guys fully healthy. Aaron Gordon, in another year for him with this team, really has gelled well. KCP was great defensively for this team as well. They also got great contributions from Bruce Brown. Overall, just a really good collective team win for this Nuggets squad. And like I said, they have a great chance of becoming a dynasty if they're able to keep the core as constructed and maybe bring in another piece or two, maybe turn during the trade deadline. But congrats to Denver. That's all you really can say. Just a really good win for this team. Really good win for this city. They finally get to celebrate an NBA championship after 47 years as a franchise. And they're partying for sure, Andrew. I don't know if you saw those party the party they had last night. It's going to be a wild time endeavor for the next couple weeks. Oh, I remember. I remember watching those videos. I remember watching Aaron Gordon last night party in the streets. I remember yep. uh, seeing the Jokic brothers and Michael Malone dancing to Serbian music inside the locker room. They had they had a great great Jokic time. throwing uh, J- Jamal Murray into a pool. Yeah, uh, they really had everything there. Uh, you know what? I completely forgot about that. And one thing I want to mention about this Denver team is for the first time in a long time, it feels like every single one of these guys is likable. I think it's the first time for me in a long time where you see a team constructed from within. It's not like where they made one big time move to get a big superstar free agent or whatever, or make a trade to get that superstar to add to this team. They just built this team from within they could have given up on some guys like Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr., but they said they stuck to their core and they kept those guys and it worked out for them and they played really big dividends in this postseason. So there's always that one guy on an NBA uh, on NBA roster that wins a championship. Like, oh man, I can't stand that guy. For the longest time, it was like Draymond Green recently, or it was like Dante Jones that Cavs team. There's usually one one guy. This Nuggets team, all these guys are likable, right? From top to bottom. And there's so many good veterans like Ish Smith and Reggie Jackson, DeAndre Jordan, uh, Jeff Green, guys you want to see win a championship. And, you know, their careers are almost coming to an end here, and they finally get it. That very well could have been their last, some of those guys' last NBA game. And you know what? They go out as an NBA champion. I don't think there's any better of a script to go out on in your NBA career. The best script is DeAndre Jordan is the only member of that Clippers team uh, to win the championship. Yeah, that that is it's astonishing. It's I can't a, wait to go back in time and tell Clippers fans that. Well, I'm not going to say the comment you mentioned last night about those Clipper fans, but um, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's crazy to think after all these years, DeAndre Jordan out of all those three is the first one to get that championship. But even for a guy like Jeff Green, I mean, how many teams has he played on? Same thing with Ish Smith. Smith, record 13 teams. A lot of teams those guys played on just to get to the championship. I think Jeff Green was on that Cavaliers team in 2016 where I think that – or maybe 2017. The year 2017. That, the year that J.R. Smith missed had that brain fart in game one of the NBA Finals and they just didn't win the championship. The, you, you had guys that come so close to getting to that moment. And then last night they all just kind of like it all soaked in for them. Like, wow, finally – 
it all went right. We got that championship. So great for them. Yeah, no, I'm very happy for them. Uh, but where do we go from here? Where does the Miami Heat go from here now? Well, I think you see the rumors now where they're gonna try try. I, I think they're gonna go out and try to get another star to pair alongside Jimmy and Bam, or even if Bam is in the discussion to get traded to Paris, someone alongside Jimmy Butler at least. I think you have to get another star. You saw it in the postseason; they had a lot of Cinderella luck going their way. A lot of calls went their way. You could make the. I know you especially will that say was that. Horrendous. I was. I'm going to say one thing and one yeah. thing right now, even though I'm voting right now. The NBA tried to give the, that game to Miami Heat last night. They tried to give it to him on a silver platter with those terrible calls down the stretch. And Miami couldn't buy a basket. They made some boneheaded turnovers, turnovers and some bonehead decisions yeah. later in the game. But, man, that call from Scott Foster when he was running the replay center should have been a flagrant one. On Jimmy Butler turns into a couple free throws and a bucket on the other on the other end after that. It's just so disappointing when stuff like that happens. And the NBA needs to get better with, with their refing. Yes, I realize the Nuggets won five to one. I know the better team won, but the NBA still needs to improve on their on their quality here. Yeah, I mean NBA officiating has always been an issue the last couple of years. We we've seen it firsthand. I mean, it's really not the greatest officiating in the world. But going back to your original question with Miami, I think it all comes down to, do you think the core that you have can get back there? Maybe, but at the same time, I think you need another guy to pair alongside Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo to get you closer to that championship. They, they were two wins away against the Lakers in 2020, didn't get it done. This time around, you know, after game two, you thought maybe they had some momentum going their way after stealing one in Denver. But they looked really fly in the next three games. They had a good chance at game number five to win, considering the fact that Denver, they also could not shoot well either in that game. But Miami just played really sloppy in that game. Game five, honestly, was a really sloppy, but overall good defensive game for both of those teams. So I think Miami, they just got to find someone to pair alongside Jimmy. If you want to get Jimmy Butler some help and prove why he's one of the better players in the game, you got to find him some talent to help him get there. So I think the this is the Miami Heat's apex. I think this is it. I think this was their, uh, I don't want to say the last dance, because I'd be insinuating that they were good and they won something. I think this is it for him. And hmm. you saw in, the, in these last couple games, Jimmy Butler had a great playoff series in the first round that got them over the hump. Rounds two, three, and the NBA Finals, Ghost. Everyone knows Caleb Martin was the true hero of that Eastern Conference Final Series. Everyone knows that Gabe Vincent was the true show during the Knicks Series. And Bam Adebayo was the true series of this NBA Finals. When I saw Jimmy Butler was leading in MB, uh, Finals MVP voting for the Miami Heat after the third game, I just saw, thought, what a sick joke. This is media bias. But it, it, it is what it is. Um, I, I just can't imagine uh, them going further than this. I, I think this is it. I think the biggest problem for Miami is is that you got look you got to list some of the free agents they have going into the offseason. Obviously, Haslam's done; he's going to be retiring. Kevin Love, who they got after getting cut by the Cavs, he's an unrestricted free agent. You also have guys like Max Struess and Gabe Vincent, who are free agents. They could be getting pay raises the way they played in this postseason. I know Struess didn't really have the greatest NBA Finals, but 
He was key for Miami for some of those three-point shooting. And we saw how Gabe Vincent was as well for the Heat. They could be getting a pay raise, and that could be well out of the pay range for Miami to bring them back. So I think it's really going to come down to, do they think those guys are more worth it than getting a big-time player? And just say, you know what? We can find bench players or role players here and there. We want to get a guy that can really help us win a championship. Or do we think that maybe that they can string some luck again like they did this postseason run? I don't know. Listen, I think they're done. Uh, Jimmy Butler's had one or two good playoff series in his entire career. Everyone's acting like he's the second coming of Michael Jordan. I don't buy any of it. Uh, To me, Bam is kind of... Dumb as this sounds with the way he performed in the finals, looks like Bam is more important than Jimmy at this point. Hey, man, Bam, you know, the last couple of games of that series, he was playing really well for Miami. He started off really slow in this postseason, but he no, picked he, it up towards the end. 20-point double-double for the playoffs, averaging around 50%. I know that's yeah. not great for a back-to-basket center, but, hey, he showed up and he did his job. Jimmy Butler, 17, 18 points per game on 36, 37% shooting. I, just awful, wasn't clutch. I think you could just see it too. I think the when you're looking at Miami defensively, they played that zone defense, and Denver just kind of exposed it and really killed them inside the paint. That was where why Denver mostly won this series. And for Miami, they just really couldn't get the three point shooting that they had all postseason. I mentioned it last week. They just haven't been as consistent as they have been when it comes to terms of three point shooting, and that's why they're not getting the wins that they should be, or they should be getting the points that they've been getting all postseason long. So that's a big factor for Miami overall. I don't I'm not sure where they go from here. I think you want to help you know hold your head high and say, "You know what? We were 3 minutes away from losing in a playing game. We almost collapsed a 3-nothing lead against the Celtics. We took at least one game from Denver, but maybe you consider this a consolation prize. Obviously, you want to win a championship at the end of the day. But I I think it's just a really interesting offseason for the Heat, deciding on what they can do to try to get back to this point in the season. Yeah, I don't know what they do at this point in the season. Um, you're going to lose Kyle Lowry. That's uh, That would be my guess. You're going to lose him. Mm. Uh, even if you don't lose him in free agency, he's just old at this point. He's 38 years old. How much does he actually have left in the tank? That's how I point? feel about Kevin Love, too, yeah. Yeah, Kevin Love. I mean, listen, Kevin Love is a great player. I think we could all reminisce on how good he once was it's clear he's not the same player at this point um but like you said i don't know where you actually go from here because you're going to lose the veterans you could be over the salary cap you don't think i don't think victor old is going to be the same player that he was this year either he's had a lot of injuries the last couple of years and even he has a player option so he could return but i wouldn't be surprised if he left but at the same time, with the player option, you might just say, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to stay for another year and try to help contribute. Because you got to think of it also, Miami didn't have Tyro Hero for this series as well. And they probably could have used him overall for shooting. So they'll have him back for next year. Um, but if they want to get a superstar type of player, that could mean maybe Tyler Hero could be on the move. He's the odd man out. That. You're right. So, just because of his salary and the position he plays, he's right. the odd man out this uh if they do trade for a superstar, but who do they get? Who's even on the market? I was just about to ask. I was about to ask you the same question. I was going to say, what superstar would it be for Miami to get? That's what I, I don't I couldn't know. Tell you. I, don't, I couldn't even tell you either right now. 
I think, you know, with free agency coming up too in the next couple of weeks, I think we'll get a little bit more of a clear, like, kind of picture as to what Miami is trying to do. There were reports that they were trying to get Kyrie Irving at the trade deadline before Dallas swooped in and got him. So it shows that they're, they're trying to win, and they're trying to win now. Well, the way the roster is constructed, they have it is it is win now. Yeah, because you got to think about it. Jimmy Butler's getting up there in age now. Adebayo is what maybe twenty seven, I think, or twenty six. He's a little bit older. He's probably about twenty six, twenty seven. He's getting closer to thirty. So you're trying to win a championship, real relatively in the next year or two. But I just don't know if they're gonna be able to do it. I think if you're going to try to get that done, I think Tyler Hero would probably have to be involved in the trade. I just don't know who it would be for. Maybe a Damian Lillard. I don't know. I don't. Th- I don't know what it would take to get Damian Lillard to go to Miami. But I feel like that would probably. If I had to pick a player, maybe that's the player that I'm thinking. Dame is probably the guy they would want in Miami. If I, out of all those guys, I think Dame makes the most sense. Right. That could be something to look out for. I mean, listen, Portland's got the third overall pick in the NBA draft next week, so. They could be a team to watch out for the next week just because they have that pick. There's been rumors they want to trade to get someone to pair alongside Dame. But it also could just mean that maybe they just trade Dame and just, you know, hit the reset button and try to, you know, build toward the future. I don't know. Yeah, I think Portland, if they were smart, they would build towards the future because they're not winning anything with Dame at this point. I know uh, I heard Anthony Simmons is also in trade talks too. So I, I would keep him and draft Scoot Henderson. That to me is the most likely. Uh, it's not a bad idea. Option. Yeah, I mean, you build that, towards the future. You trade Jeremy Grant. You get more players, more picks. I think and- the way the the draft is going to go down, and I know we're going to talk about this next week when we do our draft episode. I could see Scoot just going number three to begin with, just because of you know we we know who number one is. Um, the rumor is Charlotte is very interested in Brandon Miller, so. It's possible Scoot could be there at three and they take him, but that the question would be then what do you do with him being that Dame and Simmons are already there? It, like I said, I think Portland's going to be the team to look out for in the next week or two just to see what they're going to do with their franchise. And overall, could it help a team like Miami if they make a move for Damian Lillard? to help them potentially win a championship the next couple of years. Is it weird saying that their future kind of relies on uh, Portland's future, my, as in the Heat? I think I, the way I, I have to think about what superstars are going to be available, but I think Dame's like the only one I can really think of that's like, oh, yeah, he, you know what? he could He's definitely up for trade, potentially. I can't really think of another superstar that's like, quote-unquote, available for trade. He's the only guy. That's the I, only guy I can think of. So it's you might not be wrong about that assessment. I think that's very, very possible that that Miami is looking to see what Dam- the the Portland Trailblazers are doing, Damian Lillard. At the end of the day, and now you know we'll have more answers when we go more into the NBA draft next week and as free agency starts to pick up. But I want to move over to the next section of our show and talk about the headlines for next season. Yep. Starting with John Morant, the elephant in the room. Yep. A lot of people were, were talking about how, you know, we talked about Adam Silver was going to decide on how many games John Morant was going to be suspended for going into this upcoming season. No word as of yet as to how many games he is going to get, but 
does seem apparent that he's going to get a lengthy suspension in this upcoming NBA season. Um, for a guy that's relatively still really young and what you would think one of the better, you know, Balance. young players in this game, it's just it sucks to see a guy, you know, kind of I don't want to say flush away his, you know, he's becoming Gilbert Yeah, that that's the problem. I think the the only instance of this happening was Gilbert Arias. Look at how Gilbert Arias' career went. It just was never the same after that. So, so I'll say one thing. I don't know. Uh, Adam Silver is way more of a businessman than David Stern. Right. Even though David Stern had his, David Stern had his uh, shady dealings with the lottery and all the stuff and nonsense going on. Uh, his fascination with the with the Lakers, the Tim Donahue scandal, uh, all this junk that went on. Adam Silver is way more of a businessman. David Stern, if he was still the commissioner, would probably ban Jaw from the league for at least a year. Because remember, it's rumored that David Stern forced Michael Jordan to step down when he had his whole gambling situation. Right. So if David Stern would have done that to Michael Jordan. It's not far-fetched at all to assume that uh, David Stern would give Ja at least a year. Now, what is Adam Silver going to do? That much I don't know. I, I would, would assume it's probably going to be 30 to 50 games. I was just about to say, I think it's going to be a 30 to 50 game. I would probably lean more towards 30 games if I had to guess. But then again, it's a second you know, it's a second act of this happening. So maybe, maybe more now that I talk about it, maybe it is going to be 50 games. Um. But for Memphis, I mean, it really hurts them going into this upcoming season. No matter how many games he does get suspended, that 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 is the that is the face of your franchise. And now he's going to be out for a lengthy extended period of time. So you got to figure out a way to control himself off the court. Otherwise, you're just going to lose out on a guy that was a former number two overall draft pick. Uh, he learned. I don't want to say he learned his lesson because that much I don't think he has yet. But I don't think he's he has making. Either, I guess he's trying to make amends. We could say he's trying to make amends for the wrongs he's done so far. Right. He's deleted social media. It's, the reports are he's not hanging out with people from his inner circle anymore. So at least he's trying to make strides towards changing. That that is the positive notion. Now is any of that for, is all that for show or is any of it real? I don't know yet. We'll probably know more in about six months. Yeah, I mean, we we didn't even talk about Zion Williamson, the whole situation that's going on around with him. Uh, yeah, that's not, more personal, that, though. That's yeah, not no, really. I'm, no, I just say that whole 2019 draft class right now, it's just. R.J. Barrett. They're just not having, especially the first two picks. I mean, they're just calling a lot of, you know, bad headlines right now in the NBA in the offseason. You're right, a whole lot of nonsense. So I think it'll be very curious to see what, or how I should say how many games Ja will get suspended for for the upcoming season and what Memphis does from here. We already know that, you know, Dylan Brooks is probably not going to be back next year. Um, they have Jaron Jackson Jr., who won Defensive Player of the Year this year. So they have a solid, a really good player on their team as well. But losing Ja Desmond really Bain's will not them. bad either. Let's not. Uh, I, no, I do uh, like Desmond Bain. I forgot about him. He, he's, he's solid too. I think yeah. Memphis will still be decent, but I just don't think. Without Shaw, I just think they're and not that juggernaut. Yeah, they're just not a, they're just not the same team. They're not like how they were this year. They're number two seed in the Western Conference. Obviously, things didn't go the way in the playoffs, but the whole Josh John Moran situation definitely affects that when you're going into a postseason matchup. So, I think they've got to figure out a way see see how long Jaw gets suspended for, 
and just go about it and just you say, you know what? He's got his games. We're going to help him fix his issues off the court and just worry about the season. So we'll That's see. That's all you what, really can do at this point. Yeah, we'll see what what Adam Silver does in the next couple of days. Maybe a decision will be made as of this recording. Who knows? Um, we did have the first early news about free agency, uh, Andrew. That was about Fred Van Vliet from the Toronto Raptors declining his player option. So he is going to be one of the so far coveted free agents in this upcoming free agency. We still have no idea where some of the other players or who will be in this upcoming free agency class, but a very solid player going into free agency point guard wise. And that could lead to a lot of suitors coming up for a potential NBA championship team. I mean, yes. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be real with you. I don't think he's good. He's I don't think right. he's good. At, I don't think he's good at all. He's an he's undersized right. guard that shoots less than 40% from the field. Uh, I think I'm good. They say he's six feet tall, and that's a generous listing. He got the Chris Paul and Kemba Walker and Alvin uh, Allen Iverson listing of six foot. I would say, I would say, if he signs with a team like Phoenix, I think it would be more interesting just because of what they already have. If you were to add a guy like Van Vliet, it does kind of help your team in a sense. See, that's a situation where I think, I think that's probably the only situation that he can go to and, and succeed. Right. He's not gonna be. He's not the number one guy. He's probably no. the number three guy. He's, you know, what he's kind of like, and this is a good uh, example because it just happened. You know, how Aaron Gordon was on Orlando. Yeah, that's exactly what Fred VanVleet is right now. He is a role player that is masquerading as a star slash all star. That is the best way to describe him. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't really necessarily disagree with that assessment of him. I think. If he were to go to, I think this move tells me he's not going back to Toronto. I think he's already had, you no, know, I, there. you you heard the rumblings last couple of years with him in Toronto. I think he was up for trade discussions as of this past season. So he's pretty much done with Toronto. He will be going to a new team, in my opinion. I think Phoenix would be a good fit for him just because, like you said, you're trying to win another championship, especially for him. He's already got an NBA championship. He would love to get number two, and if he was to go to a team like Phoenix, that would certainly help them try to get back into the fold of winning a championship next year, still with having Durant and Booker. Not sure what they're doing with DeAndre Aiden still yet, but to Ed Van Vliet would help them in a sense. So I'm curious to see what Van Vliet does and how much he'll try to commit or command in this upcoming offseason. Because I could easily see him. Not to cut you off, going no, go to a team, going to a team like Phoenix, right? Because uh, this is this is the Aaron Gordon example. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to when Aaron Gordon was in Orlando. He would at his peak, he would give you um, about 17 and seven right. on 44, 45 percent, right? He gets to Denver this past year. I think he put up 16 and six on 55 percent. He took a very, very, very slight hit in his production, but his overall, just the absolute uh, increase in his efficiency, well overstates that you know slight drop off in production. So right. Fred Van Fleet right now, he's a guy last season averaged nineteen points and seven assists, playing about thirty six minutes a night, but shot thirty nine percent. I can yeah. see him going to Phoenix, be you know being the third fiddle behind. Uh, DeAndre Ayton. I mean, Durant Devin, Booker. Uh, I mean, I'm going to put him behind Ayton, too. Just for argument. So he's the fourth I'm gonna option. He's, I'm going to say he's the fourth option. Okay. 
just like Orlando, because I have Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. and DeAndre are kind of in that same sphere That's on fair. that team. Yeah. So I'm going to say he's going to come in, but he's going to be the fourth option, right? Okay. I can see him putting up like 15 and 6, but his numbers, his percentages, his turnovers just go way, way down. Like he is way more efficient. He's better with the ball. He's more hygienic on defense now because he has a competent team around him. So that's the, that's the situation I could see him succeeding. But if he goes to a team like, I don't know, uh, the Orlando Magic that have 15 point guards already, or if he goes to a team like, uh, the any, like, needy, any, I think he he's not going to go to one of those teams. I think he wants to win another championship. And it would be a team that's somewhat remotely in that discussion to win a championship. I think a team like Phoenix would be would make sense. Maybe um, he's going to be a Laker. Maybe the Lakers. I was thinking the Clippers, too. I think a needy... Clippers would be good, but with how Kawhi and Paul George are that's injured the, all the time, that's the he'd problem. be put in that role, and I don't think he... I think he knows he doesn't belong in that role anymore. I think it all. it's really going to be interesting because there's still the rumor, you know, we don't know what the, the situation is with Kyrie Irving. The point guard market's going to be big for this upcoming offseason, and we know how NBA free agency is most of the time. It, it can get very, very wild, so... The next couple of weeks will definitely be very hectic in terms of the NBA world, but it should be a lot of fun for us NBA fans and seeing where some of these players go and who they try to pair up with to try to win an NBA championship, try to dethrone Denver after they won the championship this year. Absolutely. Uh, Nick, can you tell me uh, what the early odds look like for the NBA championships next year, uh, next season? Who are yeah. early favorites right now? Way too early to uh, predict. Well, as of right now, the Denver Nuggets have the best odds going into next season. After winning their first ever NBA championship, they are the favorite to go back-to-back for this upcoming season. Right behind them, though, is the Boston Celtics after they lost a game number seven to the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals after almost overcoming a 3 nothing deficit, so they're number two. Then it's the Milwaukee Bucks. Phoenix Suns and the Lakers to round out the top five. The Lakers are tied with Golden State for the fifth best odds going into next season. Other teams to mention are the Sixers at six, Dallas at seven, Clippers eight, the Miami Heat are nine, and then Memphis rounds out the top ten at ten. Sounds like they're sleeping on the Knicks still. The Knicks have the thirteenth best odds. I I don't know what it's going to take for people to realize that this New York team is legit. Uh, Julius Randle still, played played on one ankle and almost beat the beat the Miami Heat, who went to the finals. So I I don't see yeah, I don't but, know what what else you need at this point. Yeah, but that's that's the get to the finals. I I think the Knicks are still maybe a piece or two away from winning a championship. That's the problem. I I don't necessarily disagree with you. Uh, but the piece isn't. I I don't think the piece is a superstar. I don't know what the piece necessarily is, but. They're not there yet. They're. I, I think they can get. They could. The way they're constructed, they could get back to the playoffs next season. Oh, one hundred percent. I think they're going back. I, I think the uh, expectation, as it as it stands right now, barring any injuries, is at least making it to the second round again. That is now, the bare minimum expectations. And now keep in mind this: we don't know what Philadelphia's going to look like next season. Also, because if they lose Harden, then you're on. You're looking at a team that just has Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey. So who knows what they're going to be next year? So that could be a team that the Knicks could overtake. We don't know Miami. What Miami's going to look like? Are they going to still be the same team? Will they add a player, or will they just you know 
kind of have another bad season like they did this regular season, and the Knicks overtake them. They beat Cleveland in the playoffs, but the Cavaliers could just really have another good season like they did this year. So there's certainly opportunities so, for the Knicks what's to Cle- be a top Cleveland, seed. Cleveland's in the top ten, right? They're the, they're number eleven. See, I don't I don't understand that that the logic behind that. Well, they have they have really good talent. Yeah, they, I'm, I'm aware they have. Good, I'm aware they have good talent, but just this early with no season moves being made and the Knicks, I don't want to say they dominated them, but listen, the Lakers it wasn't, are, it wasn't particularly close. The Lakers are number five, and we don't know what LeBron's doing. What what if they add Kyrie Irving? We have no idea what they do. And this is why Vegas usually gets it wrong this early. But, that, that, but that's that, that's the point. It's that's why it's way too early odds. You just. You're just taking a wild guess of what the teams could be next season and what they could potentially add in the offseason. All right, so what do you think the biggest offseason move, uh, in your opinion, is, or at least has potential to be? Ooh, that's a good question. That's tough. I have a couple in mind. I, I think the two biggest dominoes right now are Harden and Kyrie. But we mentioned Damian Lillard earlier, and I think that's something also to look at because I would not be shocked if he gets traded this offseason. If I had to pick one, I would probably say I would probably go James Harden, and I'd say he signs in Houston. Yes, I would say that's probably the biggest domino effect because if that is the case, not only does Philadelphia they have to blow up their roster, they have Tobias Harris. Uh, Tyrese Maxey and James and uh, and Joel Embiid with no James Harden now. Houston's going to have room for another superstar, right? So th- that's why Houston is the uh, is the catalyst here. So I think if, like you said, James Harden signs with Houston, they have another spot for another guy. They don't the, necessarily have to do it this year. They could just wait till next year because they have a young roster that's really good. That can yeah, really that's, be that's good the thing. The next couple years. You, you add two. But I'm saying if you add two veteran stars, you add right. James Harden, and let's say you add in whatever small forwards available on the market. Let's say you do get Jalen Brown, right? Let's say they right. get Jalen Brown. I don't know if they could afford both of them, but they could probably re- work out some of the sign-in trade with James Harden. But let's say they can get Jalen Brown and James Harden. don't know what the whole cap space Olympics like is. I'm trying there, to look but- at what are some of the – I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just looking at some of the – free agents that are potentially on the market for this upcoming season. But say you get Harden and Brown, you have Alperin Sengun, you have Jalen Green, you have uh you have Jabari Walker. That's a great starting five. You I don't Jabari think it's good when you I'm um, Jabari Walker. Jabari Smith, thank uh, you. I I knew I knew what you were getting at. That's a great starting five. I don't think it's gonna win you a championship this year, but I think it gets you to the second round of the playoffs. Well, keep in mind, Jalen Brown isn't a free agent this upcoming season. He's not a free agent next season. I'm aware of that, but if Jalen Brown is going to want out no matter what, uh, Boston's going to be inclined to retool their roster in the in the offseason and get something rather than nothing for him. So looking at it, here's some of like the potential free agents that could be there. You have um, James Harden. We talked about Kyrie Irving's there. D'Angelo Russell will be a free agent. Christoph Porzingis potentially could be a free agent. He's got a player option. I would not be surprised if he declines that. Um, Fred Van Vliet, we already mentioned it earlier on. Couldn't Wouldn't be surprised if Draymond Green maybe is a free agent as well. Chris Middleton's also on a player option. 
Russell Westbrook's going to be a free agent. Um, Nikola Vucevic is a free agent. Kevin Love, we mentioned him earlier too. And some really good role players. At Also, guys like Jeremy Grant, Karis LeVert, Gary Trent Jr., Malik Beasley. Guys like that that could just accommodate a starting lineup or could just be a starter for a championship team potentially. There's a good market, but it really is going to come down to what happens with Harden and Irving, in my opinion, seeing what those two do in this free agency and then what domino effect it leads to the rest of these free agents and where they go. Yeah, no, I think you said it uh, perfectly, and I'd be tend- I- I'm going to agree with you. I think the second domino effect, like we kind of covered earlier, would be Damian Lillard going to uh, Miami or another team. Right. Uh, because we that's didn't mention Chris Paul either. Too. Chris Paul's also free. Uh, that's that's uh, he'll either be, be a free you. agent or a traded. So I'm saying, be really, that's probably the twelfth or thirteenth domino on my list. Well, I'm not saying like it's a big thing. I mean that like he could contribute to a team that's like very very close to a championship. Being that like that's what I'm saying. Sure, I guess, but but he I'm has gonna to be, be real. If up, the Knicks yeah. wanted, if, if the Chris Paul said yes, I want to be a Nick, I wouldn't want him. You, and the Knicks are a team that's trying to improve and you know mentor young you're guards. I, I, don't I don't believe him. him. He's lying to himself. He he, he would want Chris Paul. He, he's thirty eight years old. Or he's gonna be thirty nine. You want now? him as a backup? Uh, am I gonna play the old man or am I gonna play the young talent? You would want Chris Paul. Don't lie to yourself. I, I wouldn't want Chris Paul. I'm gonna throw a cap on the field. But besides the point, we talked about it. It's gonna be a wild off season. Either way, no matter what happens, Irving, Harden, maybe Damian Lillard, the rest of the big-time free agents in this upcoming class, it's huge. We got the NBA draft next week as well, and that should be interesting just based off the fact that we have a generational talent getting drafted number one. Then we have some quite you know interesting choices coming out for the teams after San Antonio Spurs pick number one. But before we can look into next season, Andrew, Let's look back at this past season in the NBA, the 2022-2023 season. Overall, do you have a favorite memory of this season? There are certainly a lot of them. Yes. Do you have one favorite memory? Yes, it is my favorite. Everyone hates uh, has those one players that they hate. Like those hateable guys that uh, used, gonna, for some reason you I like think, them. I think we're going to pick the same one. Oh, uh, we're we picking the same one? Let, let, yeah, me, okay. let me hear it. Uh, my favorite moment is when Pat Bev, son of a bitch, we've been picking the same one. When Pat was, Bev yep. saw a call that was so horrendous back in January, he picked up a uh, a photographer's up, camera, yeah, and gave it to the ref to show how bad the call was, and he got teed up. That was that was going to be mine too. I love. I was going I, I to pick the Knicks playoff game that we that we went to, but yeah, I think, but uh, we were trying to we were trying to go for something else that wasn't there. So that, that, that was, this is technically my number two. Do you have a number two? Oh, there's this. It's tough. It's really there's so many you could name. You had the 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 you know the whole issue with Draymond punching Jordan Poole before the season even began. That's great That's um, content. Grant, do you remember Grant Williams telling at the free throw line saying he's going to make both free throws and he missed because proceeded so to miss I, both I, of the I free throws like too. One, but I liked when he was on the team bus, uh, showing off to Jason Tatum about Rocky Top Tennessee. <laughs> that, that was what that was one of my more favorite moments not him actually like suffering but him like being hyped that tennessee took down duke it was just kind of rubbing in his face um i'm trying to think of another good moment we had 
You know what? I have a moment. How about when the Lakers and the Grizzlies played in L.A. and the entire oh, Grizzlies team was trying to fight Shan Sharp, who was sitting courtside for that game? That, that was a fantastic. I I completely forgot about that. That's one of the more more underrated moments from this past season. But that's that's how good this season was. There was like you could pick a moment from any month of the season, any month, any team. Exactly. Like it seemed like as if every team had a moment that just made you say to yourself, "Wow, I can't believe that happened." It, it that just is how good the season was. It was good for the fact of we had some really good games this year and overall a very fun season in terms of competition, but you also had those like comedy acts on the, on, you know, here and there at during games or after the games. It, that's why this season was really really fun. I, I forgot about this, too. How about um, Richard Jefferson? Didn't he coach? Didn't he referee in a game this year? Was the All-Star game or the celebrity game? Oh, yeah, that was awful. Yeah, just stuff like that. That's what I'm saying. Like Stuff like that made this season really good. And that's why I think overall we had a really good season. And it ended with Denver winning the championship. And it just makes you... You know, look into next season saying, you know what? How is next season going to top this year? It's really tough because we had a lot of good moments overall in this past NBA season. Thankfully, there's only a couple months until uh, until the next season starts. Training camps will be starting in September. Uh, and I think what everyone's looking forward to is going to be, who's, who do you think is going to be the newest member of the super team that's forming in Taiwan? <laughs> With Dwight Howard? Yeah, I thought wasn't there the rumor that that uh, that team was was uh, fed up with Dwight or something? I could have no, no, the something. rumor was they want him to get paid less because he was oh. injured like two. He was injured a lot of the time, so they want him to play the for him to get paid more. He'd have to play in more games. Oh, I see, I see. Uh, he'll be joined by Dylan Brooks. We all know that, and Chris Paul run the point. Okay, all right, sure. Uh, but we talked about Andrew earlier. That grind does not stop for the NBA despite the season ending just last night. Next week, the NBA draft is taking place on June 22nd. A big-time draft. We talked about Victor Wembanyama. The generational talent will be the number one pick in the draft, most likely by the San Antonio Spurs. Should be a fun draft to look into. Do um, you have any lasting remarks about what could happen in next week's draft as we look as we get a little bit closer towards NBA free agency? Ooh, okay, that's a good one. Uh, I'm. I hope a big time star is traded during the draft. Do you think it's Damian Lillard? I hope so. I hope they they kind of fake people out. They trade Dame and then they take Scoot at number uh, number three. I would. I mean, for for storyline purposes, I wouldn't mind to see that. That would be a very interesting um choice by Portland to do. But at the end of the day, if they might have to. We talked about it. They might have to rebuild. It, it happens sometimes. Rebuild is inevitable at this point. Yeah, they're not going to win. They're not winning with Dame. He's too old at this point. Right. So, I think that's really good to look into. But if they don't trade, I think he gets traded no matter what. I talk, I know we talked about it already, but I think he gets traded no matter what this uh, this off season. I just don't think it happens in the draft. I think it will happen maybe after the draft, just a little bit before free agency. Because we kind of you sort you've seen the last couple of years with some of the bigger trades with superstars or star or like big time stars getting traded after the draft and like during the free agency period, guys like Paul George 
when he got traded to OKC a couple years ago, and the same thing when he got traded to the Clippers. Mostly happens during that free agency period, and we're you know guys are saying, "Hey, I want to play with you on this team. We should, uh, you know, force a tr- you should try to get yourself traded there, and I'll sign with the team, and we can make it all work if we try to win a championship, stuff like that." I th- but only time will tell. Exactly, only time is going to tell in the next couple of weeks. But make sure to tune into next week's show as we will be conducting an NBA draft preview and potentially a mock draft. We're going to be deciding in the next couple of days on what we'll be doing for that episode next week. Should be a fun one. As we said already, we're getting closer to the NBA free agency period in which it will be a very hectic and wild NBA offseason going in to the 2023 and 2024 NBA year. But that is going to do it for this week's edition of the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Once again, congratulations to the Denver Nuggets on winning their first ever NBA championship. We'll see if they can repeat next year and get two in a row as they try to build a dynasty in Denver. This has been Nicholas Mavona joined alongside by Andrew Johnson with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Have a great rest of your weekend.